Hello everybody and welcome to the 12th and last episode of the Navigating the Motherhood podcast for 2020. We did it folks, we are at the end of the year and holy moly, <laughs> what a year it's been. Um, I thought I would just do a bit of a kind of year overview from my point of view to start the podcast. I have some Q&As for me from you guys which I'll also answer and then I'm going to cut away for the cheeriest six minutes of joy of people just sharing their highlights from 2020 which I've just edited together and have made me really happy because it's just nice to hear the positives I feel like having been on social media a lot this year as I'm sure we all have there was that great sense of solidarity but I also feel like the comparison trap was bigger than ever this year people doing all the activities in first lockdown, people going on bigger and better walks, people just doing the most to try and get through the year, which is great. And however you've got through it, then that's on you. But I know at times I felt like I wasn't doing enough. I wasn't taking advantage of the time we had enough. I wasn't doing enough activities with Sky. And I definitely find that hard sometimes when in reality we got through the year And some days that meant having Hey Dougie on for seven hours straight and me curling up on the sofa because I just felt like I couldn't do it. And some days it was crafts and active playing and gorgeous family walks. So however you got through 2020, you got through it, you did it. And I am immensely proud of every single one of you. This year has been a real roller coaster for me. I went back to work properly, really officially at the start of 2020 um, little did I know that I thought I that's me, I've got my career back on track. I was very much a career-focused person before having Sky and I was excited to get stuck back into it. I was excited to do something for me and little did I know that four months later I'd then be furloughed for six months, um, eventually lose my job but was lucky enough to apply and get another job at the same company. Um there was dark times this year. There was there was a couple of weeks in the middle of the year where both me and John, my husband, were both unemployed and we had no idea how we were going to pay our mortgage or we were if we were going to have to pull Sky out of nursery and lose her place potentially for up to a year. It was it was hard. It was scary. There's there's been dark times, but equally, I want this podcast episode to be about the positives. So I thought I'd share with you my top three positives of the year. The first one absolutely is the amount of time we have spent together as a family. So I've mentioned it probably on the podcast several times that in Sky's first year, John was still commuting to and from London, from Cambridge to his job. Um, So he could basically pay for everything because I wasn't getting maternity pay. And it meant that he would leave the house at six in the morning and get home at seven at night. So he would maybe see Sky for 15, 20 minutes in the evening and that was it. And we'd have weekends together. But this year he was redundant from December 2019 and he got his job in August. So he had six months off with Sky and a big chunk of those he wasn't working and she wasn't in nursery because of COVID. And then I was furloughed. And all of a sudden we had days and days and days of all three of us just spending time together, getting to know each other really in depth, 
like I know John, I've known him for nearly 10 years now, we've been married for six, but until you're forced to live in a house with somebody 24 hours a day where neither of you can go anywhere to get space, then I feel like you really, really, really start to learn them on a whole new level. And same with Sky. I knew her really well. I knew her inside and out. And now John does too. It also made a huge difference to me and Sky's relationship. Um, you know, at the beginning of the year and um and I had a big melting, melting, crying meltdown, <laughs> for lack of a better word, on Instagram about the fact that I genuinely felt like Sky didn't like me very much. And through lockdown and then jo- John going back to work and me staying off for slightly longer, we're like thick as thieves now. We, She comes to me when she's sad. She asks me for cuddles when she's hurt herself. And I feel like it's made all of our bond infinitely, infinitely stronger. The second thing I am grateful for this year is work and having a job. I never truly, I never truly understood how much having a job defined me as a person and how much I needed it. So of course, when I went back to work at the beginning of the year, I was nervous about it. I was anxious. I didn't know if I could do it, if I could be away from Sky as much. Would my brain still work? And I and it was a tough transition. I'm not saying it wasn't. It absolutely was. But then when I was furloughed, it felt like it felt like somebody had pulled the rug out of underneath who I was, and I went into a really dark place. I felt like oh, I had no definition. I had no place to put a lot of my focus. And I know I have a child, and I'm sure lots of you out there are going, "Well, you had your child to focus on." But I meant for me, and it really has cemented to me the fact that I do want to be a working mum. It is bloody hard. It's hard on your heart. Holy moly. But I feel like a better mum for it. I feel like, yes, I'm knackered in the evening. And yes, by the time Friday night comes, I'm like, oh, babes, you just got to go to bed because mama's tired. Mama wants a glass of wine and to veg out in front of the TV. But on that Saturday and that Sunday, I have filled my cup up from the week from working, from using my brain, for participating. And on those weekends, I feel like I am the best version of a mum I could be right now. I say that because I'm always learning and I don't know if we ever truly get to the mick of the best parent you could be. I think that's probably a myth. But I feel like on those weekends, I'm much more present. I'm much more attentive. My patience is better. and. I love that. It makes me happy. Do I still have the odd meltdown? Absolutely. Last Sunday I did. Sky is going through a wonderful stage at the moment where she basically has to be touching you all the time. And as somebody who likes her alone time and likes her peace and quiet and likes being on her own, can be quite claustrophobic sometimes. So I'm not saying every weekend is perfect, but the majority of the time, as opposed to the minority, which it felt like it was towards the end of maternity leave, I feel like I'm the best version of a mum I could be. And the last thing I'm grateful for is this podcast. I cannot tell you, oh, I feel like I'm going to get emotional. I cannot tell you how much this podcast saved me when I launched it in the summer. I know I put it out there and all the promotion that it's for everybody else and it's for sharing stories and support and it absolutely is. But what I didn't realise is how much I needed it how much I needed that something to focus on, how much I've needed those chats with my incredible guests. 
that I cannot tell you, and please, any guests who spoke on the podcast, do not take offence to this. I cannot tell you the amount of times I said to John, I'm in a really crap place. My anxiety's awful. My depression feels really bad. I, I genuinely can't be arsed to record this tonight. And then after recording, being like an entirely different person. I've said it at the end of so many episodes that these episodes feel like free therapy. And I genuinely put hand on heart that that is absolutely 100% true. The feeling I get when somebody tags me on an Instagram story that they're listening or that they utter the words, it was like you were in my brain or it's been like listening to my friends and I've wanted to join in or it's made me feel so much better about X, Y and Z. The feeling that gives me is like nothing I can describe to you guys. It is incredible. Everything I do online, and I've said it before, I didn't particularly want an online presence. I know that there's people in my life who maybe shouldn't be that judge the fact that I do, and I'm I'm doing the inverted comma things, Instagram, and I do the podcast. And I really don't care because the, the reason I do it is for the incredible community, for you guys, for those moments of, if I can make one person day slightly better or make them feel like oh thank Christ it's not just me I'm not going crazy because that's all I wanted when I was in those throes of motherhood when I genuinely had no idea who I was or what I was doing then I feel like it's mission accomplished really and for everybody who's listened for downloaded everybody who's messaged me who's posted an Instagram story who's agreed to be on the podcast a huge thank you to my incredible guests this year, I genuinely mean the thank you from the bottom, bottom of my heart because this podcast might be for you guys, but trust me, it's probably more for me than it is anybody else. So those are absolutely my top three from the year. And I have just a handful of questions that people have asked um, me because obviously I do answer the questions in the podcast, but they're mostly usually for the guests. But um, the first question somebody's asked is, how do you juggle being mummy, but also being Megan? I love this question and it's hard. And I would really genuinely say that the only time I felt like I've really got that juggle right is when I've been back at work, because I've realised that a large part of being Megan is my job and my career. And it's also a number of other things. It's reading, it's cooking, it's playing my Nintendo Switch. I feel like people, when they try to define themselves, feel like it needs to be this big, massive, grand thing, when actually in reality it's, it's the little things that make up who you are. I also feel like what has helped my juggle is getting rid of the guilt of saying, I need time by myself. Sky's in nursery Tuesday to Friday and I work a nine-day fortnight, so... I have weekends with her and every other Monday. So it's not like we have a huge amount of selected time together. But equally, in the time I'm not with her, I'm usually working or I'm with John. And I feel like I really struggled in the past to say, I need time completely on my own. And because of that, I used to get burnt out and then I'd be grumpy and crab it. That's a Scottish word for all you people who are not Scottish. <laughs> um and off my game and I feel like the way that I can be Megan is by saying I need some time to go off and be Megan I need to go to the nail salon by myself I want to go upstairs for an hour and read my book 
I don't want to do any chores this nap time. I want to do the stuff that fills my cup up. And I used to feel so bad about it. I used to cry because all I'd do in the week would be like, I want to see my baby. I want to see my baby. And then on the weekends, I'd feel bad for wanting time on my own. And I just put, as quoted by Claire in the body of this podcast, I put the middle finger up to feeling guilty about it because it's so important. That was a very long answer to that question, but that's that's my answer. Somebody's asked, how do you deal with mum guilt about everything? And again, I do still get mum guilt sometimes, but it tends to not be about the big stuff anymore. It's more of a, oh God, it's like two in the afternoon and we've not left the house today. I probably should take her outside. It's the well, everybody's really careful about feeding their kids salt and sugar and Sky's had three advent calendar chocolates this morning and it's not even 8am. It's more those moments of like, oh, oh, shouldn't have done that, whoops, or whatever. But the big stuff, like asking for time by myself, for being a working mum, I've just realised that feeling guilty about it doesn't, unless you're willing to do something to change what you're feeling guilty about, it's a wasted emotion. You can't do anything about it. And you've just got to put down your priorities. I think I've said it before, but I think of my priorities a little bit like glass Christmas tree baubles. But some of the baubles on my tree are glass and some of them are plastic and you've got to identify which is which. So when you're juggling those balls, you know you've got to keep those glass ones in the air. And if the plastic ones hit the floor and bounce and you pick them up later on, then that's absolutely fine. So find out what your glass baubles are, find out what your priorities are and do everything in your power to keep them juggling and if other stuff falls by the wayside the world won't end I promise somebody's asked what our best family moment of 2020 is and I feel like I feel like one of the joys of 2020 has been that there's not been one standout family moment because there's been so many normally your standout family moment of the year is a holiday you go on a trip you go on an incredible day out you go on Well, we've not been able to do any of that stuff this year. But for me, all of the amazing family moments have been the little things. Seeing Sky walk, hearing her first word that we may have missed when she was at nursery. The afternoons that we all spent in the garden running through the sprinklers. It's been finding new country walks to go on. It's been all of the little things that have made 2020 really memorable. And I genuinely, from the bottom of my heart, feel like, yes, there's been hard times, but for me, it's a year that I feel like as a family, we became stronger than ever. And I'm always going to be thankful for that. Somebody's asked, did you find it easy naming Sky? Uh, Yeah, it was a cinch. Basically, I've known I've wanted a kid's call Sky since I was about 10. If you ask my niece, Yasmin, if you're listening, hello. Um, I used to call all of my sims children like so for those of you that don't play the sims it's like a weird kind of personal life computer game thing google it it's amazing i still play it now and i'm nearly 35 um but yeah and i used to name all of my kids in the sims sky all of them um we had two names we had sky or molly molly was john's pick and then i think after almost dying in childbirth he sort of was like yeah i'll give you that one love (laughs) And I'm pretty sure I'd have got my own way anyway because he also really loved it. So it was an absolute cinch naming Sky. I'd like to point out if we had a boy, they'd probably still be unnamed now two years later because we could not agree on a boy's name. So there you go. 
Um, somebody's asked, what's been your biggest achievement so far in terms of the podcast? Huh, it's a really great question. I never set myself any like goals when it came to the podcast. I sort of was like, I have three people listen, then, you know, that's that's pretty cool. Um, and actually, to date, we've had nearly two and a half thousand downloads over 12 episodes, which I am utterly gobsmacked about, if I'm honest. Is it the biggest podcast in the world? Does it go up the charts? No, it absolutely doesn't. Will it ever? I don't know. Probably not. Um, But I think that's because the essence of it is real motherhood. I feel like I could reach out to big celebrity Instagram mums and get them on and probably get loads of listens. But that's not what it's about for me. It's about real mums telling their real stories. Um, but I'm pretty I'm pretty proud with the general response to it. Um, and I think probably my other biggest achievement are those those gorgeous messages I get from people. And sometimes they're tagged on stories, but people have also sent me messages saying, look, I've just discovered your podcast and thank you because of X, Y, and Z. And nearly every time they make me cry and I'm so thankful for them. And the last question is, what's been the most difficult thing about having the podcast? Uh, the time. I probably naively underestimated the amount of time that goes into the podcast. So an average recording session takes best part of two hours, probably, even though you may only hear an hour of it. That's mostly because I've loved speaking to all the guests so much that we just genuinely natter and natter and natter before I even hit the record button. But that takes up two hours of an evening where recently, you know, I've also been working during the day. Um, and then I've got to record the intro, then I've got to edit it and put it together and then upload it all. And yeah, it takes more time than I anticipated probably. And having gone back to work, it's then much more difficult. I don't have as much free time, I guess, to plan and do all of that kind of stuff. So uh, one of my jobs over Christmas is to do my planning for 2021. I want to get at least January and February in the bag. Um and all of the guests confirmed. Um, so yeah, it's probably just having the time to sit back and do that planning and pulling it all together. Um, it's a little bit frantic, but lots of people have side hustles and make it work. So um, it's worth every single moment is what I will say. So I've rambled on now for nearly 20 minutes. That's nearly 20 minutes of hearing my voice, which I, you know, normally there's somebody else to break up my waffling, but this time, alas, it's just me. But I'm going to round this up by once again saying a massive thank you for all of your support in 2020, for saying I'm proud of you all for getting through it. 2020, the beginning of 2021, I don't think is going to be miraculously better, but if we've done it for a whole year, we can do a little bit longer. And also, if any of you want to be on the podcast, all you have to do is drop me a DM on Instagram at Megan Walsh Blogs and we can chat, and I would love to have you on talking about your experiences. But for now, I'm now going to pass over to some lovely online ladies, some of which are real friends in real life, and some of which I am yet to meet, but hopefully 2021 is our year to meet. And here are the things that they have loved about 2020. Hey, everybody. Uh, I'm Lee. My Instagram handle is leeadams90. Uh, the thing that I am most thankful in this crazy 2020 year 
is for the safe delivery of my little six-month-old baby bean. Um, he is the absolute highlight and joy of my life. And I know it sounds really stereotypical to say, especially as a first-time mum, and it probably is, um, but he's honestly just so beautiful and smiley and has 100% been the bright spark in my family and my partner's family for this year that has been really tough. Um, the other thing that I'm thankful for is that my family is healthy um, in terms of escaping so far, touch wood, um, the dreaded COVID and hopefully we'll stay that way. My grandparents have got the vaccine now, so that's a big weight off my mind. And here's hoping that 2021 brings much better, well, everything really, I guess. Better everything for everybody. Better adventures. People. People would be nice. People would be good. Hey, I'm Katie from Middleton on Instagram and this year, I'm thankful for all the family time we've been able to spend together. Um, we'll probably never get that time again. So it's been lovely seeing um, my toddler buddy being able to play with his dad every day in the first lockdown. And I'm just glad that this year is nearly over. <laughs> Hi, I'm Eleanor. Some of you may know me from my blog or Instagram, Always L. This year has been pretty tough, but I am so thankful for my gorgeous little boy who was born at the beginning of August. One little gummy smile from him and I feel like things aren't so bad. Being a first-time mum is hard enough, but being a first-time mum during a global pandemic is on another level. I just want to say a quick thank you to yourself, Megan, to Leona, to Beth, Florence, Catherine and all the girls in my bump group. You have all been so helpful and supportive during this journey whether it's indirectly sharing an Instagram post which resonated with me or dropping me a message to just tell me that I'm doing a great job. You're all amazing and I'm thankful for each and every one of you. Hello, I'm Claire from clairemac.co.uk or at clairemacblog on my socials. A biggie for me this year um, is rediscovering myself and who I am outside of being a mum. I've got a very nearly really scarily close to being a two-year-old little girl um, who I rightly so devoted like 100% of my entire being to um, and I still do of course but my first year of being a mum um, oh my goodness it was I was just consumed um, with everything that being a parent is I was consumed by guilt um, I was a stickler for routine I questioned myself on what I was and everything that I was doing um, not only for myself um, and my little girl but our family unit as well um, basically my, my first year of motherhood um, it was just filled with so much doubt this year however I, I feel like I've done a full 360 this year um, I think with a little bit of help from lockdown which is probably the only positive I can take from this year is that the doubt is all gone it feels incredible I'm mothering 100% unapologetically um, I'm giving mum guilt the middle finger and living my best life as a mum um, and as myself as well. And like I say, mum guilt does not live in his house anymore. And that is a massive, massive thing for me this year. So mum guilt gets the middle finger. 
Hi, I'm Beth, and I was a guest on the podcast a little while back talking all about sharing your child online and kind of sharenting. And my Instagram handle is at Beth Evelyn, or you can find me at uh, Yellow Sunday Digital, which is my company that I run as well. And what I've learned in 2020 is that I am flipping resilient. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff that's happened this year that has really tested me. <laughs> um, but I feel like I've tried to make the best of it. And one real positive that I've had of this year is, although I've had some real difficulties, um, I guess, work-wise, it has meant that I've been able to spend a lot more time with my son. I've been able to see him go from, um, you know, a kind of a one-and-a-half-year-old to a two-and-a-half-year-old, and I've been able to be there for a lot more things. So I'm trying to see the positives of that, and I've, you know, been able to be at home a lot more and maybe try and find a bit more of a work-life balance. So that's what I'm really trying to take away as a positive from all of the gloom um, that we've had this year. Hi, my name's Alice, Alice Jane Potter on Instagram. And the thing I've learned the most this year that I'm grateful for is learning how to be independent. I have always been a person that's thrived around company and people around me all the time. And this year I've learned how to run a household, be a single parent, manage my own finances, manage my own home, be in a lockdown, spend a lot of time by myself and I'm so much more fiercely independent for it now and I'm so so grateful for although it's been a difficult year the journey has really really been a turning point for me in my life and I feel amazing for it.